Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Lights. Camera. Action. It's the KSL Movie Show. The natives in the Amazon worshipped it like a god. With Doug Wright and Steve Sales. The week's big movie review, movie news, trivia, games, and prizes. All on the KSL Movie Show. Here's Doug Wright. This is a man, a handsome, muscular man. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Okay. Fair warning, it's the movie show here at KSL News Radio, blurting out of your radio speaker as is tradition, as is required by law in all of the civilized world. Oh, don't don't say that out loud. The, the movie show shall occur. They'll pass a law. I know. Pretty, the legislature went, ooh, we hadn't thought of that. Do we have time? Do we have time? Of course we do. You know, okay. Well, but it's not like the old days where they used to throw a a towel over the clock so they could pretend that they really hadn't hit the midnight hour. They used to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then it was deemed, uh, somebody said, you know, that ain't really quite legal. (laughs) So anyway, hey, meanwhile, back at the ranch, we shan't get into politics today, Stephen. Boy, I hope not. Yes, because, you know, this is going to be the day when we review. Oh, okay, hey, let's, let's go ahead and let's actually, you know, let's actually Go go to the format. I know that's a ridiculous thing to think what? of. But let's do the movie show preview. Okay, here the we go. The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. Coming up on today's movie show, the big movie review. Okay, two great things are going to happen on the movie show today. We are going to reveal to you that Cyrano is a musical, and Steve is going to perform his favorite tunes I will. from Cyrano the Musical. I have it in my head already. I did not know that this was a musical until all of a sudden it was, and I went, no, wait a minute. I, I, I did not know that this was a musical. Uh, I also was surprised. Yes. And the quality of that music was a little okay. suspect. Okay. So anyway, Cyrano, you know. Just tell the story. I know. Oh, it's such a, a lovely well, have- story. And it's a story that allows itself to be retold in different time and everything because the spirit of it is the same. Somebody who is just a beautiful soul but is not blessed in a traditional way with a traditional good looks or size or stature, whatever it might be. We've seen it with Steve Martin. We've seen it in the original Cyrano on, uh, what was it, Ferrar? I, I think Jose. Oh, yeah, Jose Ferrar. Jose Ferrar. And, you know, so it... It's such a malleable, wonderful, timeless story. Well, and I thought this was perfect. Not the nose, but the but stature. stature. I loved how his friend called it unique physique. Physique. And Peter Dinklage is one of the greatest actors of this generation. Exactly. He truly is. But oh my goodness. So anyway, we'll, so uh, we'll give you... So let's sing about it. Yes. Yeah, so Steve will sing about it coming up. I, and, you know, 
the only thing memorable about the music, I'm doing the review right is now. Is when right? it ended? Is when it ended. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't I was walk, like, oh, no, they're going to sing now. You don't, you don't walk out going, wow, that was a good peppy little tune. Oh, hey, that was a touching moment. You just kind of go, that was a distraction. Well, as Sean Means leaned around last night and said, you know, he it was wasn't leaner? written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, not even close. Yeah. It's like eighth graders longing for girlfriends. As you can tell, we love Cyrano, but we'll make that official coming up in a minute. No exit. Downfall the case against Boeing. uh, Made homecoming. uh, Let me me be me. Oh, yeah. Let me be. It's a documentary about a kid with autism. It is brilliant. Okay. And we're going to be talking with filmmakers today, producer and director of a movie that both of us watched last night. Yeah. Uh, I, I found out we were going to have these two great guests on, and I said, well, are we ever going to be able to see the movie? I'm so glad you asked. And so we got a link, and both you and I were heading off to watch a three-hour Batman movie last night. So both of us were watching it uh, as we uh, we got home. So anyway, but a really I, good I movie. I left my infrared glasses at home, so I... Had to watch it in the dark, 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 dark Batman. Dark. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's you a know dark what I'm movie. <laughs> oh, man. Was there any daylight? You just go, is there any color in this movie? I don't remember any. You know, it's almost like an unintentional black and white movie. Well, it, it's just so He pitched dark. it as a film noir. Dark, dark, dark. Well, film noir, at least some film noir movies, you know, they don't have to necessarily be not in color to be film noir. True. But, oh, my goodness, this was, well, meanwhile, yeah, we're doing all the reviews right next, now. So that's next could, week's movie. That's next week's movie we'll be talking about. But Waterman, this is going to be the kickoff, the big, uh, the headliner yeah. for the LDS Film Festival coming up next week. Yeah, starting so, Wednesday night. This is the, the premiere uh, movie yeah, this, this is on Wednesday the, the 2nd. So, anyway, we'll be talking about Waterman. Well uh, worth up. seeing. Oh, yeah. Man, I, you know, and... Well, anyway, we'll talk about this a little later. I'm, Get I'm, ahead of yourself. I'm just doing the whole show here in the first 15 minutes Why in not? case you have something important to do. Okay, let's see. What else have we got? Movie news. Tons of movie news today. And let's see. You know, now Deanne is back uh, in Missouri with her sister. I so she was headed we back, shan't yeah. have the quirky picks of the week. So I know. I know. We did our best. You know, we offered to, you know, quadruple her salary if she would, you know. But... Uh, which still quadrupling a Maybe zero salary is zero. Like a bagel or something. A bagel. We do have bagels here today. This is cool. Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, oh, the streaming news and the movie show top ten. Speaking of streaming reviews, I... No, have... speaking of the movie show top ten. Oh, That's no. where we were, Steve. We're trying with to... With the really important stuff. We're trying to bury that so that people... What about telephone torture? You're trying to bury that, too? Yeah. Megaplex will be thrilled. Well, I think of course, I, I want to bury too. <laughs> Blake goes, "Haven't we buried that yet?" No, I watched a nine-episode series called Severance. It is chilling. Did you watch it all in one sitting? Uh, two the day before, and the seven the day after. It is fun when you find something like that, and you just you you finally. We, we did that with one a little while back. Which one was it? And, and we just had to cut ourselves off, and we just went, "Okay, there are eight in this series. We have watched four and a half." At the end of the four and a half, when we hit five, we got to go to bed. Here's the only problem with it. I got to the end of that ninth episode, yeah. and I'm completely riveted. Oh, don't tell me the third board. act failed. No, no. No, no. <laughs> the arc of the characters? No. they. No. It's cliffhanging. It arced? 
it's like, okay, we're going to wait for season oh, wow. two to tell you what's going to happen here, which sometimes, like, Well, is that going to be like a way? Yeah, I was just going to say, is that like a way where they're just going to go? get to Mars. Yeah, we know you love this, but, you know, it was a little expensive to make kind of a pain, so we're not going to do any more. Yeah. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The premise was... is really cool, though. Anyway, <laughs> Every time you do that, I just think of Roy, you know, so. Okay, so all of that and more is coming up here on the movie show and Roy. Roy 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 I mean come on Ted Lasso Oh weren't you doing the Roy I don't know Oh jeez listen to this here the biggest Ted Lasso fan in the world and I throw you know, a bone to him I throw a Roy I try not at to him. keep thinking and about He growls Ted Lasso. at me and I throw a Roy who wouldn't get that Well if you'd have said Roy Kent I would have been Oh yeah Oh, yeah. See, it's the last name that's so So bad. you need all the information before you can react rather than just. I, I was thinking Roy Rogers. <laughs> Roy Rogers. He goes, <sighs> trigger. And then you know yeah. it's or <laughs> Dale, come on over here. Okay. The Movie Show. Fredo, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Okay, it is time for the big movie review of the week. And now, the big movie review. Doug and Steve tell you exactly what they think of the biggest release of the week. Okay, let's get a little sound from Cyrano. My sole purpose on this earth is to love Roxanne. Does she know? The world will never accept someone like me and a tall, beautiful woman. I have a confession to make. I am madly in love. Perhaps he feels the same. But I've never actually spoken to him. A woman like Roxanne wants wit, romance, poetry. I don't know how to speak romantically. I am a poet. My words upon your lips. You know, even for those who have uh, never read the book, most people are familiar with this story through the various film renditions. And, you know, for for many, they remember the Steve Martin character with the big long nose. And that's the original Or the concept. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, Gerard Depardieu. And exactly. But this is such a malleable story, as I mentioned a little earlier. And this one takes us back into the the era, kind of French Revolution era, before the revolution itself. Because the Duke, who is courting Roxanne, is second only to the king himself. And Roxanne goes to a play with him just to go to the play. She doesn't want yeah. to marry this guy or anything. She's she's looking for that one, just that magic moment, that lightning in a bottle love, you know, that only comes once. Only comes in movies. Yeah, only comes. <laughs> and so anyway, they go to the play, and little Cyrano is absolutely just taunting this legendary oh, actor who is on the stage. I mean, to the point where you go, wow, this is really, really mean and rude. Oh, he runs him right off the stage. Yeah, runs him off the stage, literally, because he is in the guard, you know, and this is kind of elite group of of soldiers, and they kind of have a practice of of, uh, hazing somebody when they come in. Well, there's a new recruit that catches the eye of Roxanne, and she is smitten, he is smitten, and there is there's a scene, and it's very similar. You know, we've seen it before. We saw it in the Steve Martin version, Gerard Depardieu, and everybody else. But there's a scene where Cyrano, in this case, feels that 
maybe there's a chance. We've known each other since we were kids. We've had a great relationship. We've confided in one another. And maybe she really is falling in love with me or is in love with me because everything is kind of coming together. She wants that secret meeting that we're familiar with. She's saying that she doesn't quite know how to tell him and everything else. And he's just basking in it. But unlike some of the other versions that I've seen, they have been lifelong friends, and he has been in love with her since they were just little kids. And when there's the scene where Cyrano realizes it ain't him, it is one of the most heartbreaking moments I have ever seen. Now, I'm making this sound like it's a good movie. No, it's also a beautiful moment because he loves her so much that he's going to make sure... That it works out for her right. and this guy. That's right. And he, and she charges him to do that. Like, I know that when you know, a new person comes into your you know, Oh, you guards, need to protect him. You then. need to protect him and everything else. And this, this guy is a swordsman. I mean, he is, he is a fighter, uh, ab- way above beyond what his physical stature would, would indicate. But, oh, my goodness, why this became musical. I will never know. And if it, if if the music was great, yeah, but it, it is so unmemorable and so and distracting. the lyrics are so ridiculous. I know, and and it's like, you know, we're in this period piece, and I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen it, you know, uh, in First Night and stuff like that, where they'll use contemporary music and so on. But. This isn't that. It it isn't meant to be. It, it, it just doesn't, doesn't fit work. anywhere. It, it doesn't fit anywhere. And the lyrics are so sophomoric. It's like I really love her, but will she love me back? You're like what? I know. You That's go. not poet. That's oh. just stupid. And and it's so distracting. Cyrano Peter Dinklage is putting his heart and his soul and his being. He into can kind of sing. He can kind of sing, but I mean, he in into the role itself. He's just. But it ain't working. But it's a chase to see who's the worst singer. I know. Ben Mendelsohn sings a song, and I'm like, oh. have you have you seen a Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia? I mean, literally <laughs> singing SOS in desperation? I know. That's what it felt like to I me. I know. Uh, sadly, and sadly, then, oh, sadly. The Prancing Soldiers? Oh. And, and oh, there, there's a scene that gosh. is so morbid toward the end where they're all being sent in to be cannon fodder. And, you know, you wonder if the Duke's doing this on purpose to get rid of Cyrano <laughs> and everything else. But everybody's writing their last letter. And, oh, my goodness. Well, this thing just... is also two hours long. I know. it's <laughs> Cut out the singing. Leave the leave the word talking parts where Peter yeah. Dinklage is doing his thing. Right. And Roxanne is fine. Oh, Ro- Roxanne is really quite... You know, she, she's just so girlishly sweet. Yeah, and the you doofus, know? you know, guy that the, the soldier just who's creepy—he like, has no idea how to, you know. Oh, ch- oh, his yeah, yeah. And, and the scene where Christian he's, he's being fed the lines. The Duke is the one that creeps me out. You know, something about the makeup of that era for men where they are over made up and over powdered. Well, Valvera was just horrifying. Woo. Yeah. So, what's your grade, Stephen? I gave it a C plus. Uh, I'm, I think I'm at a C. I I was not enchanted, and I had hoped to be. You know, well, out of respect for Peter Dinklage, I, and it's his wife that that you know wrote this thing. So yeah. uh, okay, okay, he should have said right. no. <laughs> That's just say honey. no, Peter. Honey, no, honey. Okay, there you have it. It's called Cyrano. 
Don't be because it is not billed as a musical. And you know, oh, and no. everybody watch chattering. the trailer. Yeah. yeah, watch the trailer and tell me where it indicates this is a musical. Not- the movie show. I'm oh, sorry. What? I called you City Slash. That was pretty close. That's, that's a lame nickname. That was good. Better than Jobin. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Stephen, I think it's time for a little movie news. Ah, yes. This is Lowell Thomas speaking, flashing to you the news of the world. We return now to the KSL Newsreel. The biggest stories from the world of movies, cinema, and the star-studded glamour of Hollywood. Okay, this headline, China box office, death on the Nile, dead on arrival. You know, it's always interesting with China what movies they deign to allow their population to see. Yes. And apparently they deigned to let death on the Nile thrill the folks in China, but apparently it didn't thrill them very much. Came in fourth place for the weekend numbers in China with 5.9 million when a holdover Chinese blockbuster Battle of Lake Chang, uh, Changjin, I think, forgive me if I didn't say that right, two, you part, obviously didn't say part it right. two, I know, obviously <laughs> didn't say it right, but it earned 19.8. And so Hollywood's going to have to wait for the March 14 date for Tom Holland's Uncharted and the March 18 release date for the Batman to get a clearer sense of how the Chinese audiences are responding to the latest offerings, but still no Spider-Man. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Tom Holland is in Spider-Man, and he's also in Uncharted, a much worse movie that they're going to let that play. I know. know, Wouldn't that be weird? You know, every time we whine and, and, you know, complain about our government, and there are certain reasons to do so occasionally, but at least they're not doing that. No, we don't think you ought to see, uh, you know, we're we're ticked off at somebody, so you're not going to see Spider-Man right now. You might or you might not. How weird is that? Well, you know, the same with Gal Gadot. You know, she was an Israeli soldier. You cannot see Death on the Nile in Lebanon or yeah. any of those Middle Eastern countries that are, like, <laughs> not happy with Israel. That's right. So they're like, Gal Gadot, you're gorgeous, but you were a soldier. You must not be on our screen. Is that Sean Connery you're doing there? No, that's my fake okay. Russian. <laughs> okay. I, I All right. Into some kind of Russian. So stuff. I can get you out of this before it goes on. What, what okay. else have you got there? So most of my stuff in movie news is Oscar-related. Uh-huh. We have three lady hosts. Did you hear about this? Yes. Amy Schumer, Regina yep. Hall, and Wanda Sykes. The big news is to make it more fast and electric, Ooh, yes. they're getting rid of some categories that they're going to have in the live show, not anymore. So they're going to put that in the... They're going to record them beforehand and ah. then fold them into the live show. Is this going to be with the audience participation thing? Well, actually, it'll be at the be- before yeah. the Oscars start, so I don't know, but here's the categories. Film editing, out. Ooh. Makeup and hair, gone. What? Music, original score, bye-bye. No kidding. Production design, no more. And then this, these other two are like animated short and live action short. Eh, eh, eh. Oh, man. But all of those are going to be okay. pre-broadcast, awarded, and then they said folded into. Folded into. Into the actual show. Well, remember but they're going to include a new category. You heard this one? The Twitter category? Well, you know, we we talked to, I'm trying to remember, because remember there were two or three where the people will participate. It was yeah. in our movie news, I think, last week or the week before. Yeah. Uh, well, just to reiterate, fan, fan favorite Twitter vote right. is a new award. But the one that's leading right now, and I can't remember what it is, it's something really dumb. Well, of course. You know, it's just, it, this I is I mean, so, it's not even Spider-Man. I thought it'd be Spider-Man all I day. Know. 
Uh, uh, but it's something other. I uh, have to look it up. I uh, know. Oh, it, it, you know the uh, the Oscar presentations, especially. It's a whole different animal. It's it's is not even reminiscent of what we used to watch, you know. And I don't want to be the guy. It was better in the old days, but you know, well, people used to make it was an event that you yeah. planned for. Well, and and you know, remember, I mean, it was an Oscar party. You really did. I mean, we've done them in your home, we've done them in my home, and everything else. And I remember one time when uh, Chris Hicks and I were doing this show. I mean, Channel Five came up, and we had a camera there as we were watching the the Oscars yeah, and yeah. did uh, you know some reports for the news and. It's not like that anymore. And Most people have not even seen a single one of the Best Picture nominees. I know. I know. Well, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Okay, Indiana Jones 5 is close to wrapping up, according to uh, Frank Marshall and everybody else. Set to release next year, they're telling us. The principal photography uh, began in 2021. They've had all kinds of, as almost every major production has had, all kinds of issues with uh, getting this puppy done. Well, the COVID has been a problem. Uh, the, the COVID. I like that. The The big C has been a big problem, obviously. But, you know, Crystal Skull, too. A lot of people, you know, they're thinking back, please don't give us another Crystal Skull. No. There are actually terms now that uh, have come out. The film, The Crystal Skull, spawned a new phrase. It's kind of a spin on Jump the Shark. Uh. It's nuking the fridge. They don't want to nuke the fridge. Oh, now, nah, come new on. Movie. The fridge was cool. Well, the fridge, you know, again, you know, I've, I've talked about this. When I was a kid, you know, everybody was throwing out their old refrigerators. And, you yeah, because you get inside, you can't. Because you get, get in there because they locked. Yeah. And they're airtight. Yeah. And I remember dead, it was. Dead kids everywhere. There were so many PSAs. And, I mean, the big thing is don't ever get enough. So in, when Indiana Jones jumps in the fridge to save himself from the nuke, freak me out. I remember back when Willie Mays, I lived in California, Willie Mays was doing PSAs about not playing with blasting caps. Was that an issue? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. All the old mindset. My grandpa used to tell me that. He used to say, if you're ever around at all, don't play with the blasting caps. And, you know, just go. Why would anyone play with a blasting okay. cap? Oh, come on. Oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Having thought about it, I remember we used to take black cats. Oh, oh remember the crazy multiply stuff? Multiply them. Oh, yeah. Those little M80s. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. So what else have you got for us, Stephen? Well, <laughs> the biggest news of all. Yeah, the biggest news. Jason Statham is back. Really? Yeah. Is this Meg 48? Meg 2. Meg 2. The Trench. What? It's currently filming in the UK. In the UK. <laughs> It returns with Jason Statham in the whole new cast of Shock I Fate. I thought they blew up the Meg. They blew up a Meg. A Meg. So there's a pod. There's a brother of Meg. Megs. Brother Meg is coming out. Uh huh. And apparently, it's the trench has got to be the Mariana Trench, right? Oh, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the trench. Although they're filming it in the UK, I don't know how that works. Yeah. No release date yet. Okay. Why Shia LaBeouf didn't it's- return as Sam Witwicky? In Transformers, <laughs> I know because he was a jerk. Everybody's been waiting. And Shia he LaBeouf, hand, right? he played Sam Witwicky in the first three installments, but did not return for Transformers Four: Age of Extinction or other sequels. Why is that? Hurt put, his hand. Put simply, now Shia LaBeouf jerk. didn't return in Transformers Four: Age of Extinction because he felt Sam's story was over. With the completion oh, his arc was complete. of the initial trilogy. Yes, his arc was complete. And being a thespian. He left the franchise saying, quote, I'm an idiot. I just don't think there's anywhere to take it with Sam. 
There you go. Now, LaBeouf. Now, this was Transformers we're talking about. Yeah. He was also outspoken about the Transformers film Lack of Purpose, Stephen. And now, of course, we called it, you know, what we didn't. We stole this line from somebody immeasurably superior to us, but car parts in a blender. But uh, anyway, the lack of purpose in an interview with Esquire, he described the films as irrelevant. So there you go. Just thought you'd want to know that. Well, Steve. I knew he was higher brow, but hey, what is Yes, high brow. higher brow. I like that. Yeah. Got anything else? Nope. We're done. Okay, on that note, let's take a brief respite. We shall return, despite popular demand. The Movie Show. Look at him, he's heading for that small moon. I think I can get him before he gets there. He's almost in range. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Steve, before we hit the top of the hour, let's talk about another little film. What have we got? Uh, it's called Let Me Be Me. Do we have some I sound? I think we've got some sound on that. Here we go. Fashion was like a whole new world for me. That's where it all started clicking. I was like, this is all making sense. My creative process, how I design, is my number one asset from me being autistic. When I was a kid, this would have seemed impossible. I used to use fabric as a way to hide myself, but now it's become a way for me to show myself. What you just heard there is Kyle Westfall is a young man who was, well, is and was autistic to the point of complete disconnect. He would hide under a blanket when he was a little kid. He didn't wow. want anybody around him. And the parents had no idea how to reach him. They finally figured out, if we go into his world, then maybe he'll come to us. Wow, interesting. It was so cool to see them you know, playing on the floor. And they're jumping around. Whatever he's doing, they're doing. And he lights up. And then he went into remission for a bit. And they thought, oh, no, he's gone back. And then one day he just woke up and he goes, all right, let's go do this. And he came out of it again. And then uh, with all the therapy and all the volunteers that worked with him, this is a beautiful little documentary. Uh, and now he's like a fashion designer. How cool is I that? I mean, it's unbelievable, the, the change. And the people that worked with him before, where he wouldn't even make eye, eye contact with him. Years later, they're looking at him like, you're looking at me. And they're yeah. com- having a conversation. <laughs> it's beautiful. Let me be me, playing at the Broadway, B+. Plus. Not sure what it's rated, but it can't be more than PG or PG-13. Okay. It's adorable. That does sound good. It's a sweet move. The Movie Show. I can see what you're trying to put off, but I can see that it's just to keep people away from you. It's a mask. Did you tell me the truth? No, probably not. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Okay, last night after we saw Batman, both of us went back to our respective homes and we had the link so we could see a movie called Waterman. Kahanamoku, I, I, I had heard of him. But you being a California kid oh, and surfing and everything living else. Living in San Diego for a year. But the the Duke, I mean, honestly, you know, when I think of the Duke or Duke, I think of John Wayne. Well, holy cow, this guy w- was absolutely a legendary athlete in so many different arenas. It was almost breathtaking to watch this documentary about him. Well, and the, his character. I, I thought that was the most telling part about him was that. He just, no matter what, he, he was just so kind to everyone. The uh, that aloha, you know, the spirit. I just thought this was a great film, and I, I have great praise for you, gentlemen, for putting it together. Boy, and let's uh, introduce those gentlemen, and that's Chet Thomas, who is the producer, and Isaac Halasima is uh, Isaac Halasima is joining us. He's the director for Waterman, 
And this was, I, I was just mesmerized. You know, both Steve and I, when we, we got the link, we thought, oh, man, it's going to be after Batman or, you know, it's going to be late. But I, I was mesmerized through the whole thing. So Chet and Isaac, boy, congratulations. We both love this movie. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me Hey, it, it's it's great to have you both. We've got an interesting line here, but I wanted to talk. Let's first let's talk with uh, Isaac, who is the director of this. And Isaac, uh, you know, when when I was looking up, I remembered, you know, you worked for KSL. You've tell us a little bit about how you became a, a film director. I remember the Last Descent and other things. This is really an amazing, an amazing movie, and I'm I have to admit, I'm really impressed. Oh, thanks, man. Well, you know, it's, it's it's kind of funny. Sometimes I feel like uh, like Happy Gilmore. Or, yeah, yeah. Just in fact, you know, I keep landing into docs, and I realize my news background that I was raising in KSL came in handy. <laughs> I think so. It's okay. KSL is in the sports department, so I, I always went out of my way to music and really make everything dramatic on my packages. So I guess to kind of being the things I did at KSL just longer now i guess maybe <laughs> <laughs> well you know when when i was watching this movie first of all i appreciated kind of the little primer uh on you know hawaiian culture and what had gone on in hawaii the famous quote from uh, king kamehameha who you know almost prophesied that there would be somebody like duke who who would come along and the meaning of the word aloha i think most of us who have had the opportunity to go to hawaii we see it as hello goodbye and it has a deeper meaning but i thought the explanations i really appreciated that setup and i have to admit chet maybe you can tell me a little bit about this but your narrator is not a person without some real notoriety i mean jason momoa are you kidding me i at first, I you know I didn't know what I was going to be seeing exactly, and you know how good it would be. But I thought, how'd they get Jason Momoa? Ah oh, man, how, how how awesome is that, man? He, you know, when we first uh, Isaac and I, we went, we we went, we got approval from our our producers at Sidewinder Films, David Ulick and Stephen Ungerleiter, to send us to, to uh, Canada to be quarantined for fourteen days for a two hour session with jason and when yeah. we got i i honestly didn't think it was going to work because his voice is so grovelly right and yeah. i'm like isaac i don't think it's going to work but when he started that narration he's like water it's just yeah. i'm like we got a movie this yeah. is going to be amazing the so, other thing too being being a baby boomer both steve and i are baby boomers i can remember watching you know this is your life you know with with my grandparents and and my mom and everything else and to have that kind of the the thread that ties this all together because so many of the people that he you know participated in sports with and knew and saved in oh, that you know, rescue was, oh the rescue oh, I thing i mean that. going out on you know the surfboard and bringing back eight people that otherwise would have most likely died yeah. and then going out to even retrieve the bodies but to have that thread of this is your life tying this together i thought was really quite brilliant Thanks. Well, you know, what's funny is I, I originally wanted to do a movie, movie, movie of this. And so what I'd written down is something that felt pretty close to Slumdog Millionaire. And and it was based off of that. And so when they when the when we landed the producers uh, at Sidewinder Films, uh, Steve and Dave, to, who, who are awesome, by the way, to trust us, because, you know, you never really feel like you know what you're doing in this industry. But, <laughs> but they 
you know, when they, they decided, well, asked if we do a dock, I was like, well, I guess we could do this in the dock. And you're right. It, it's a really nice string. And, and it's, I like that you bring up that you learned about Aloha because as we worked on this, that's what, that's what really the whole thing is in the end, I think. And really what Duke wanted the world to get out of his life when you really study it was that everyone would learn Aloha. And it's, it's really just something special about it. You know, it's how that worked out like that, you know, it, it's, and it's like one of those things where just things keep happening. You're like, wow, I, I guess that'll work. Like we went into this at the beginning going, how, where do we start? Like, I don't know. Let's just go to Hawaii and figure it out. So yeah. we went, went out there and went. And, and one of the blessings is my uncle who, who uh, also is a Pleasant Grove High School graduate, shout out to the old high school, uh, made the statue <laughs> of Duke Kahanamoku on the beach of Waikiki. And so this started out for me as a suggestion from him. And so there was a personal connection that I had, and also as a Polynesian, to someone that I feel like we should all really know. I mean, it's with this guy, my favorite question to always ask is is, is an impact question, where, where I just ask, how many American athletes do you know of have statues dedicated to them in three different countries? Boy, no kidding. And, and, yeah. and it's 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 amazing when, like, that's usually kind of a, a, just a, a catcher at the hook for people when they first hear, like, wait a minute, what? And then that's what goes into Duke. And then you, then you get to learn about how impactful just a good person was, yeah. you know, and, and, and for his own culture, too, and, and my culture. And so it's, uh, it's a really, it's just a, it's, it's pretty amazing how it all came together. You know, Chet getting on board, it was, it was surprising I would get a guy in L.A., randomly, if it just happened to have BYU connections and a lot of the connections that I had, it's like, oh, dude, we're going to make a movie. And then Kelly Slater falls on board, Jack Johnson falls on board, Jason Momoa is going to narrate it. It's like, what are we doing to do this? It's, it's just, it's happening. And so let's just go with it. It's kind of like a surfing, you know? You just you yeah. see a good wave and you're like, well, let's just ride that one and see what happens, you know? I, I love the fact, too, that you bring those of us who are not familiar with, you know, the birth of surfing. I mean, if you mentioned surfing and beach boys, you know, what you would mo- think of. They think of surfing safari in California and, you know, bleach blonde girls in bikinis and stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Surfing. The, I, I was really touched. And, and it's an ongoing theme, too, the molding of the board out of the tree and what it actually means and how it, the, the ocean itself is not only a pool, a playground. It's the where you make your living. It's sacred. I, I learned so much in this without having it just rammed down my throat. It was thoroughly entertaining. And the thing I also liked was Momoa's respect for the culture, it came out in his narration. He was just so moved by everything that was happening in this movie. Let, let's talk a little bit about the, how he became the athlete. I thought it was interesting, and we've seen this before. Uh, you know, I, I remember there was a golf movie. You know, where the guy thought he was actually going to join the club, and uh, oh no, he's not joining the club. They just want him to be a trainer. You know, because you're not worthy to join the club. That was yeah. kind of the same thing with with Duke. I mean, he he was yeah he was in the club, but as a teacher, not as a member. Right. And then what evolved out of that? Give us a little uh, thumbnail sketch of how he evolved into the athlete that he ultimately became of world renown. Well, it, it and I'll take this, Chad. It just it it's one of my favorite parts of how is Duke attacking like like his counter to that that club, the Outrigger Club at the time. And, and it is it is a point to make that the Outrigger Club was doing what was appealing, what would be appealing to the rest of the for tourism at the time. And so they, mm-hmm. that's what brought that mentality, that European club, athletic club mentality there. But 
they loved Duke and they, they loved the, the sport that Duke and the Beach Boys were teaching them. I mean, it, it points it out in the doc, too, that that's pretty much what turned Hawaii into what it is today is the Beach Boys and Duke. And he just, he was so kind and so loving, people couldn't get mad at him. And he eventually found himself in a position, especially in, in America, where he was identified as a Hawaiian and, and not necessarily a person of color. And, and it, yeah. that's what makes it amazing. You know, I know he was in 26 movies in, an, in a time period when they would rather put a, color someone a different color than hire someone of a different color. You know, right, and, and, right. yeah. you know it, it, he was breaking barriers left and right effortlessly just out of his sheer aloha that was all inside of him. And so with the, with the Outrigger Club, even later on in his life, they become the ones supporting him. But, but I, I love how David Davis puts it in the talk. The first thing him and the Beach Boys do with the Outrigger Club is they don't complain about it. They go, oh, okay, cool. That's your club. We're going to start the Hui Dalu, and we're going to let all colors and women in our club. Right. Let's see how it goes. You know? <laughs> right. And, what, what, and they ended up competing head-to-head in every sport. And, and Huey Dalu took him to the woodshed a couple of times. So, yeah. You know, yeah. And it, to the point where Duke gets invited to a random race just to see how he would do. And the first time he tries swimming, he breaks a world record by four seconds. I, I thought it was interesting too when when he goes to Pittsburgh and what it took yeah. and how the community participated the the just humble fundraising efforts that were made you know, so he, he could go he could have quit right then yeah too. and he he goes to Pittsburgh and swimming in not salt water and in a a pool first time ever indoors he, and and it, it wasn't the biggest success but the way he he developed a coach that took an interest in him for free. And then he went on to participate in four Olympics. I, I was I was absolutely blown away. You've got to tell us about the relationship he had with the Australian uh, Cecil Haley. Yeah, you want to take that? Healy, That's Healy, a, rather. Yeah, yeah well, wow. Cecil Healy, he was, I mean, it's, what's so great is to see the friendship that Cecil had with Duke and the fact that, you know, they were given the wrong time to report to the pool, so the whole United the United States team was missing. And you know, he they could have ran it without him. Cecil would have won; he would have taken gold. But instead, Cecil stood up and said, "No, we're not racing. If I'm going to race and I'm going to win, I'm going to be the best. I want to race with the best." And and, and you, you ask why, why didn't Cecil do that? Well, it's. One, he was a great guy, but Duke was such a, a great guy. And you just kind of like, I can't race this race without Duke here. And yeah. you know what? And then Duke ends up winning gold. And Cecil Cecil and Duke were friends for life, for the rest of their life. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. It was interesting, too, you know, the, the, the competitive thing. It's, uh, maybe this is the spirit of Aloha is that, you know, winning wasn't everything. You know, participating, the friendships and everything, the Johnny Weissmiller relationship that he ended up with where, you know, he, he would coach Weissmiller and he would, and, and after he realized, hey, this guy's going to beat me, you know, it, it was okay. And he coached him and helped him and they, they was too. Was proud of him when he and won the was, goal. When, when Weissmiller walked out, on the, the this is your life thing, you could see the genuine affection. And Weissmiller just lit up yeah. at even being around Duke at that point. Tell us a little bit more about that relationship. Because Weissmiller not only beat him ultimately swimming, but yeah. beat him in Hollywood as well. With you know, he, he was white and he was in more movies. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and he's he was a yodeler, and he's the one that came up with the most famous yell. <laughs> I swear in Hollywood, which yeah. part of that he came up with that, you know. And, but well, that was actually but, his voice. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, and, and oh, he's, he's, it's a that's a that's how good yodelers are, you know. I, I got to give respect <laughs> to the the art, but uh, but you know what blows me away about Weissmiller is is there's not we don't get a lot of the story on Duke when when they first bring it up, and he recognizes Weissmiller's voice right away. He's like, "Come it up." You know, yeah. he says it in Hawaiian. It's because Weissmiller was just a party animal. He was famous for it. But whenever he got around Duke, he would clean up. And so he loved being around Duke because he felt like he was a better person with Duke. He would, he, would, he would straighten up around Duke. And so it was like he relied on Duke to help him a lot more in life Duke, than just swimming. Yeah, Duke could have been, you know, resentful when Weissmuller's winning everything, winning gold and putting Duke in second place. But instead... You know, Duke puts out in the newspaper that, you know, Johnny Weissmuller is the best swimmer in the world. I mean, wow. today in sport, we, we need – this is an example that we need not – I mean, sport, but just in life. I mean, this the spirit of aloha is, is, is such a better way to deal with conflict and segregation and separation. Yep. I mean, it's a great example for the world. You yeah. know, we could we could talk about this movie for hours, and because it was so impactful, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it again. And we want to underscore that this is going to kick off things at the uh, 21st annual LDS Film Festival, and this will be on Wednesday, March 2nd. And you can go to um, mpv.tickets.com and get more uh, information and get your tickets and. But I, I've got to wrap up with this because, you know, in, in my heart, I'm, I'm a broadcaster. And the, mm-hmm. at the end, when, when oh. Duke dies, oh. who steps up? Somebody that greatly admired him, spent time in Hawaii. They knew one another. Arthur Godfrey. Arthur yeah. Godfrey was a legendary broadcaster. I mean, he was the one, that, the famous thing when FDR died, and Godfrey starts to cry as he's covering the funeral for FDR. Well, he specifically wanted to go to Hawaii and bring that funeral to the rest of the nation. I thought, boy, that, that summed it up for me when Arthur Godfrey went over. Oh, the and, eloquence. Oh, yeah. Just beautiful. Amazing. Hey, you guys, just, again, we're, we're fans. We love this movie. It's called Waterman. And now when, outside of the, the festival itself, the LDS Film Festival coming up next week, when will we be able to see Waterman maybe up on the big screen? Uh, Chad, how's that one? <laughs> April, April 8th. We're on the big screen in, uh, in Utah, so we're super excited. Uh, you know, after the we, – we got the festival next week. Coach Kalani Sataki is going to introduce the film. Oh, great. Where we hope to see you there. If you, it's going to be sold out. So if you missed the opportunity, yeah. we want to see everybody on April 8th. So come support it so that the film, you know, if it does well in Utah, it will expand and it will get pulled into other territories. So that's, that's our goal. Everybody needs to get this message of aloha. Well, I'll tell you, you know, the fact that we're promoting the fact that it will be in the, soon it will be the Zion Film Festival, but yeah, the LDS yeah. Film Festival, this, how, how can I put this delicately? I'm just, this is not an LDS film. This yeah. is an amazing film. And wow. it, it, by any Amen. judgment, by any judgment, by any standard, this is just a really, really good movie. I, so, I completely uh, agree. So yep. much. Yeah. Hey, 
you guys, thank you so much, Chet and Isaac. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, boy, no kidding. And, again, I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing this again and the title of that movie that we can all see. Uh, and hopefully you'll, you know, can see it at the festival. But I, if, if this isn't sold out, I'll be surprised. So go get your tickets right now. But then April 8th, and it's called Waterman. Yeah. All right, on that note, let's take a brief break, and we will come right back with more of the infamous movie show. The Movie Show. We've got two stories here. We've got a story about degenerate clergy, and we've got a story about a bunch of lawyers turning child abuse into a cottage industry. Now, which story do you want us to write? Because we're writing one of them. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Here's another place you can get tickets for uh, the LDS Film Festival in general and Waterman, and it's LDSFilmFest.com. And boy, I'll tell you. You know, I, I don't think they could have picked a better movie to start absolutely. the festival with. Absolutely. It, it, it is perfect. Talking about The Movie Show. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Well, no sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The movie show today is originating from My Hearing Centers. And uh, by the way, we had a great interview a little earlier with two filmmakers, producer and director of Waterman. And uh, I'm assuming that it was uh, Michelle or Marshall that called. And you can get your tickets by going to... Oh, I'm pretty sure it was one of them. It it just might have been one of them. And I jotted it down. It was uh, LDSFilmFest.com. Right. Right. So, uh, boy, you know, first of all, it's going to be a great festival. We talked with Marshall last week about it. All kinds of cool things are going on at the Sarah, you know, down in... Uh, I actually in judged Warren. some of the films. You did? Yeah. Seven of them. Really? Yeah. Well, you look hurt. I'm, I'm crushed. <laughs> they knew you were very busy. They're very busy, yeah. And okay. I thought, after I agreed to do it, I'm like, oh, do I really want to do this? <laughs> but anyway, meanwhile, back at the ranch... This looks like it's going to be a really great festival this year, and then the name will change next year to the Zion Film Festival. Yeah, I think right. that's good because you get a movie like Waterman. Well, to this come one, in. it's I, not LDS at all. I, I, there, there isn't a mention. There isn't a missionary. There isn't a temple scene. You know, the spire or any. This is a great movie by any standard and right. yeah I, th- I think that, i think it's smart actually. yeah I, I think it's a very smart move I, not that I there's really anything do. but sometimes that oh, lds yeah. cinema gets that stigma well know? it's like you know i've said before you know a great movie whether it's about a catholic priest or whether it's about you know a jewish family in the bronx or whatever that's great yeah you know it it's great cinema but this one it there is just not a hint of and, proselyting or anything no. in this movie. And they're doing that other film, uh, Bright Spark, which was another brilliant. Another really, really good And that movie. does have an LDS uh, right. uh, theme to it, I guess. Yeah, uh, about the, the uh, four artistic yeah, individuals I, I just, that down in Alpine, almost a little, you know. It, it kind it was of an rem- art colony. An art colony, yeah, yeah. exactly. Kind of like the music colony. What is it, the one where Bernstein and uh, and Copeland and everybody would By hang the way, out? After you told me about you know, Bernstein or Bernstein, yeah. he actually changed it. Oh, did he? When he went to Vienna, 
He goes, no, they don't pronounce it Stein in Vienna or whatever, whichever one it was. Yeah. And so he became Leonard Bernstein or Stein. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it was Bernstein. And I he think he was Lenny Bernstein before when he was in New York. Right. But then when he went to Vienna to do their, I so I looked that up. I thought, I've heard it both ways, and I wonder when it changed. Yeah. And it was when he went to to uh, conduct the Vienna Orchestra. Well, there we go. I was confl- I was confused by that, out. and I'm glad we. Iron that out. So anyway, get your tickets and uh, watch for Waterman that's uh, coming up on April 8th that will be on general screen. Yeah, and if you want to see it at LDS, it'll be Wednesday night. Right, March Sarah. 2nd, right? March 2nd. Right. All right, let's do a little streaming news here. Planning on a weekend of binge watching? Streaming your favorite movie or a new show? Doug and Steve sort through it all, so you only binge the best. It's the movie show streaming reviews on KSL News Radio. Okay, here's a question a lot of people are asking me: When are we going to be able to see West Side Story streaming? Well, first of all, my answer to you is: Don't wait for streaming. Go see it on the big screen the way it should be seen. Am I right or am I right? Absolutely, or am right. I right? But if you are determined, and and you know, I. I, I love seeing things on streaming as well, but after I've seen it the way it was supposed to be seen, the set release date for West Side Story to begin streaming is March 2nd of uh, 2022, so it's just around the corner, and it will not be on Disney+. Plus. Wait, it apparently. won't? Mm-mm. I have it on Disney+. Plus. Are you sure? Because they are saying... Make sure. Oh, it is. Pardon me. Okay. I I confuse this with another one where it's not uh, something that was highly anticipated. Is not going to be. It is going to be on Disney Plus subscription. Sorry about that. I'm convoluting two different stories. Uh, there isn't going to be another service where you can stream the film. It's not to say that it might not come to another home in the future. But uh, ever since Disney bought uh, 20th Century Studios. Uh, they've kind of got this locked down. By the way, if you're looking to see the original West Side Story, HBO Max. Ah, perfect. Okay. All right. <laughs> so those of you who saw the Ice Age, uh, the Buck Wild one that just came out, and there was no Scrat, you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah, I asked you that. Yeah. Where's Scrat? Well, hang on. Yeah? Ice Age Scrat Tales is coming to Disney+. Oh, Plus. no. It's a six-short series. Okay. Scrat has a new son, Baby Scrat. Who uh, he adores until Baby Scrat sees the acorn. Oh. Oh, dear. And so Daddy and Baby Scrat are I, I battle. Hope this is going to be really good. Because remember when they took the penguins out of, you oh, know, the... Kowalski. I, I thought, oh, man, this this could go overboard and too much penguin. Uh-uh. It, it really well, these are only These are six these shorts. These are shorts. And okay. it'll be on Disney Plus beginning okay. April 13th. Okay. This is what I was... Convoluting with the previous story from me, Spider-Man: No Way Home, uh, per deadline, is uh, going exactly where Sony Pictures' old contract said it would, and that's stars. Oh, and you have to wait a while before we can watch uh, all the Marvel movies in order on Disney Plus, and apparently it's not going to be arriving anywhere soon. Sometime over the next six months, stars will hold it for eighteen months, apparently at that point. And then it will kind of go out there into the ozone. So if you're thinking, well, hey, we're going to see this on Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and everything else, uh, 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 it's on stars. In fact, I'd push it back since it's still like the number three movie at the box office. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Why put that on streaming when you're still cleaning up I know. in the theater? All right, I've been trying to get you to watch Justified, but just in case you don't, yes. FX's Justified Revival 
that will star, again, Timothy Oliphant as Marshall Raylan Givens is moving to Detroit. But who will direct these new episodes? How about Quentin Tarantino? Oh, are you kidding me? Well, he wants to do a couple of them. Now, isn't he supposed to be on a short leash on movies? Uh, he's only going to make, what, like one or two well, more? Well, he said one, maybe. One, yeah. But he's a big Elmore Leonard fan. And okay. the first Justified was based on the book... Uh, Justified. No, it's okay. called Fire in the Hole. Fire in the Hole, okay. And this one is called City Primeval, High Noon in Detroit, also a, uh, a Leonard uh, movie or novel. And Quentin Tarantino, who did Jackie Brown, which was another uh, one of his novels, he's a big fan. He has put in his, I want to shoot a couple of these episodes of the new Justified. Okay. So you need to see the old Justified I do. before I hurt you. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how that works. Did you hear that threat? I have witnesses. I told you this is going to be an HR day on the movie show. I know Beth is Beth is sitting up there going, okay. But you'll be happy you did yes. and take my threat seriously. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, there you have it. Oh, this, wait. What? Well, this is what? streaming reviews, Severance. I spent nine hours watching this dadgum thing. Dadgum. And let me give you the premise. Yeah. All right. It's life-work balance. Life-work balance. The Lumen Corporation has figured out a way to separate your personal life from your work life by implanting, and that's what the severance is. It's not like a you get paid at the end. They literally sever. They open up your brain and put it in a little probe, and you go in during the You do the realize day. KSL management is listening to this Whatever. right now. You get into the elevator. Uh, we've probably already been severed, so no. <laughs> the elevator, and you go from your personal life, as you go up the elevator, the guy suddenly... His countenance changes, really, and now he becomes his work person, but has no recollection of his personal life. Ooh. He has no idea who he is outside of that world. And when he's at work, they're doing weird stuff, like you know, taking numbers and putting them in little boxes and on the computer. And you're like, what is going on here? This has Christopher Walken. Where are you going? Somebody's calling me in the middle of the movie show. Oh, hang up. I know. Christopher Walken, <laughs> John Turturro. Ooh. Adam Scott, who yes. was in Parks and Recreation, okay. uh, directed by Ben Stiller. Oh, Patricia Arquette is also in it. She plays. Wow. And I, I've seen all nine episodes, and I will tell you that it does have a cliffhanger at the end of that first season. If there isn't a second season, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt Ben Stiller. That he'll be on my list. But so far, I mean, this whole thing about what you do at work and then coming off of that and what you do in your personal life. No cross-ventilation. And there's no. Wow. You have no recollection of your previous but life. think of the productivity, Steve. Exactly. Oh. What is Lumen up to? Kev, Kevin's back in the office going, hmm, what's this again? Yeah, how do you how do you make <laughs> this work? <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, all right, there you have it. It's called Severance. It's this... on H, uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV+. Plus. The Movie Show. I am wondering, why are you here? I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You know, Steve, it just, it just wouldn't be fair to make people wait any longer. <laughs> you look stunned. Well, I, I'm, I don't know where you're going. Everybody else in the room knows where we're going. Do I have to go there? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to go. It is time for the movie show. Don't do Top. Yeah. 
You know, when you pull your mic away for that dramatic moment, just keep pulling it away. No, no, because you've got to get the full fidelity of it. Uh, Fidelity. Uh, Fidelity. (laughs) Okay. Well, it is time for the Movie Show Top Ten, which is sponsored by our friends at Call Climate Services. Have you ever called him yet? No, I I got it working. It's all working now. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. How many attempts? Just a few few dozen. (laughs) Exactly. We finally figured it out. One call to Scott Call would have just taken care of that. Call Climate Services in Centerville, and you know I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. I'm right. right. I'm not probably right. I'm right. Okay, no. Number 10 in the top 10 is Eight for Silver. Where do these movies come from? What is this movie? You got the wrong list, bro. Eight for Silver. Black Light. Black Light is number nine. Well. Number eight is Scream. What is your? Number seven. I don't know. Maybe Gustavo got this from the uh, the Chinese top ten. This is from last weekend. You have a different list. Well, what what have you got as number one? Well, number one's fine. I think Black Light and uh, The Cursed, Eight for Silver, are switched. Okay. Whatever. This might be a later. Mine might be more accurate is what you're saying. So. Eight, eight for silver. That's 1. called. 7. That's a. That's a horror film called The Curse. The Curse. Okay. And it is uh, not doing well. Uh huh. Black Light is not doing well either. Well. Two maybe. weeks and two million dollars. Are you kidding me? On Black Light. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's up to eight and one, so it's at nine million bucks. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a long talk with Gustavo here. Oh well, yeah, because the gross on that is seven million bucks. Well, yours is all handwritten in your chicken scratch. There, are you well, sure this is accurate? I know what an eight looks like, so you I do. Think I'm good. So what do you have for Scream? Scream, I have seventy-eight domestic, yeah. fifty-seven foreign. Okay, one thirty-five. You're you're right on that for a change. I'm right on all of these. Number seven, I've Mr. got Mr. West Side Story is not on S- Disney Plus. Sing to oh come on, that was a cross ventilation of the two <laughs> stories. Even you can understand that. Uh, we're just under a hundred and fifty million dollars on Sing Two. Uh, you're right, one forty-nine domestic, right. one eighty-five foreign, three three four. Okay, and then marry me. Yes. Yeah, this was a disappointment. But, uh, you know, it's around $17 million domestically. What are the international numbers? Another 19. It's at 37. And Jackass Forever. Oh, my goodness. Out three weeks, just under $50 million, about $48 million. Another 14 foreign. This thing is at $62 million on a $10 million budget. And they say this is the last one? I know. Who are they kidding? And they think, you know, sometimes I think, ah, these we're the jackasses. We go see it. Keep going. You know? Well, these guys are it's in crazy. their late 40s, early 50s. I know. Walking okay. into an arena with a bull? Are you nuts? Death on the Nile has made about $27 million domestically. Uh, 52 foreign. It's at 79. And Spider-Man No Way Home, this thing is just killing it. Over $770 million domestically. Here's the interesting thing about this. The domestic numbers are still strong. The foreign numbers have kind of gone a little static. So we're at 773 domestic. One point zero six billion foreign. Yeah. But again, Avatar did two billion foreign. Right. So the numbers keep increasing on the domestic side but are slowing down on the foreign side. But we're at one point eight three billion. If they would open that up in China, you know, 
and they they, they may. I I just don't I, see, I don't know, I know. why They're... I don't know. Dog. Uh, this was a movie that kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, how much I ended up liking it and how deeply touched I was. But, you know, I saw that that same commercial. I'm still seeing it where this is billed as a comedy. It's not a comedy. Yeah, no, not a, not at all. It's a very touching film. But I think people looked overlooked that and went. $19 million is a pretty good number for a, a movie that didn't have a lot of publicity. And then Uncharted. Both you and I were extremely disappointed with Uncharted, but it made a lot of money, yeah. over about $45 million domestically. Oh, it's at now 55 domestic, 88 foreign. It's at 143. Tom Holland is a genuine star. That is the only thing you can explain. And China this. will open this. Yeah. But they won't 14. open Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Okay. Know. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. They hold a long and healthy grudge yeah, they, for certain they, things. They do. But, you know, you just kind of go, Spider-Man? I mean, look at the Olympics. Anybody said something weird? Oh, I know. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. Took him right off the camera and, like, right in the middle of a live shot. You know, it did. And, again, you know, I don't want to go all, you know, off the charts political here. But, you know, I mean, you look at the stuff we whine and moan and complain about, and some of it is very justifiable sure. in our country. Yeah. Holy crap. But the freedoms China, we have, you know, oh, compared to some goodness. of these other places. The garden variety day-to-day things we take for granted compared to the censorship and the... Well, wow. watching the Ukrainians fight for their oh, for yeah. their democracy and exactly. being so young, that just yeah. breaks my heart. I know, I know. There was an interview the other night uh, that I was watching where they had uh, a, a very young member of the the parliament over there. And, oh, his fire and his, yeah. you know, just passion and his appreciation for the United States and the support that we, you know, and hoping for even more. The Movie Show. Holtzman, come on. The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The movie show here at KSL News Radio. And Stephen, we probably ought to review another movie. We've this taken one. care of Cyrano, which was a disappointment uh, to both of us. And we've talked about, uh, let's see, which which one did we do? Let oh, Me we, Be Me. Let Me Be Me. Yeah, that was let a cute do, movie. But how about No Exit? Uh, well, I would like to spend a little more. How about we do the other one, the uh, downfall? We got six minutes. Oh, okay. What are right. you going to do? You know, add a musical to it and sing a few tunes? Well, with that attitude, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're all looking forward to this. Okay, let's no get exit. A, okay, we can let's get a little sound because Steve's going to talk a long time on no exit. Here we go. My mom is in the hospital. I have to leave. Darby, you know the rules. You leave and you're back in jail. The road's closed. I have to get to Salt Lake City. No one's getting through until the storm passes. I opened up the visitor center for some folks. Waited out there. I'm going to get you out of here, okay? Promise. Salt Lake City? Yes. Wow. We made she the never, big time? She never makes it to Salt Lake. Well, I mean, maybe hopefully eventually. But Okay. Okay. The story is called No Exit. She, This young woman is in a rehab center in Sacramento mm. and gets a call from her sister. Mom's in trouble. She's in the hospital, and we don't know if she's going to make it. Okay. The problem is this daughter has been nothing but you know, a nightmare. And basically, the sister says, even though mom's in real trouble, don't come. Ooh. One, you can't leave your rehab center. Yeah. And two, we don't want you here. Okay. And so there's obviously some animosity there. Well, she figures out a way to bust out of there uh, and hits the road, and it's a snowstorm in uh, the Sierras, and ends up 
the best I could tell, she's she gets off on Highway 50, which is a dumb idea because that road is never plowed. If you're from California, you know that. It well, takes, even in Utah, US 50 and 6. I mean, that can get yeah, really. Well, this takes you by by South Lake Tahoe. So this is about where she is. Yeah. A, uh, a, a, a trooper pulls her over and says, uh, ma'am, you, you can't go any farther, but there is a visitor center just a couple hundred yards up the road. Um, whoever's traveling this way, we're just telling them to all go there. So there's a bunch of people, well, maybe five people at this visitor center and this young woman. And they're sitting around playing cards or whatever. And she goes out to check her car and hears this bang, 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 bang on the the wall in one of the cars. It's a van. And she goes and peeks through the window and there's a Young woman, uh, duct tape. The duct tape. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, mouth's covered so she can't, you know, speak or anything. But the girl doesn't know what to do. And she's like, ah, ah. And she goes back in, not knowing who in the visitor Ooh, center who's the one. has done this. So I thought, okay, now this yeah. is cool. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's almost like Hateful Eight, you know, when you don't know what's happening. Right. And all stuck at that place. Right. It, it almost gets as violent, unfortunately. But. Uh, Dennis Haysbert is in it. He's a, a Marine who's retired. And uh, I don't know. I always get that. Is a Marine is never a former Marine, right? You're yeah, always th- a Marine. There, there's a term there, and I, I honestly anyway, don't. Anyway, you, you you're can always tell a Marine. He's gung-ho. And so yeah. it, it, it can't be him. So she's going through the process trying to figure out what's up and thinks that she's. Well, isn't there like a person at the visitor center behind the desk or something? No, they're there by themselves. Ooh, they're they're okay. st- stuck there, just the four or five of them. And, you know, it's not that many people, so it's got to be one of these people. And so that that's the whole point of this movie. It's just like, all right, you try to figure out, well, obviously it can't be that guy because he's too weird. You know, the red herring. Yeah, weird. You know, he's like in the corner, his hair's all... And he's, is he drilling? He's eating a sandwich. <laughs> he's just a weird dude. Okay, can't be him. Okay. Uh, so it's a cool little movie that uh, is just a, you know, who's... What's going on here? Will she make it out? Uh, which one of these people is involved in this? So it's called No Exit, and uh, you know she's supposed to go to Salt Lake City. So I thought it's just a cool little movie. Uh, it's okay. only on Hulu, and we haven't s- seen a lot of Hulu movies lately. No, no. But uh, this one, uh, I watched it, and I thought, oh, not bad. Okay. So you've, you've still got a minute and a half if you'd like to oh, recite no. a little poetry on this or something. Uh, I could sing the No Exit song. <laughs> no Exit. Hum a few bars of that, would you? You know, just so we know. Hey, we have a lot more coming up on the uh, movie show today, and that includes telephone torture. Oh, no. Now, remember, if you have not participated in telephone torture as a wiener for at least and you know who you are. 90 days. You know who you are. Hang up that phone right That's now. That's right. That's right. Put down your phone bank. This is all about sharing. Uh, this is all and, about sharing. And, and caring. Maybe letting other people win once in a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Some people, you know, they just, you know, have like 14 bat phones, you know, that are sitting around and. I can see one of them right now going, oh, crap. Oh, crap. They busted me. me. That's right. (laughs) We know who you are. All right. It is 11. We actually do know who you are. (laughs) We actually do. It is 11. And they don't share the wealth, too. You'd think, you know, they went 14,000 times on the movie show. They might, you know, throw us a bone. Oh, you mean with us? Because we're uneligible. That's true. 
All right. It is 1130 here at KSL News Radio. Let's take a brief break here at the bottom of the hour. We'll come back and still yet another movie to talk about as well. We're going to do Downfall, the case against Boeing. This is going to break your heart. Okay. All that and more coming up here at KSL. The Movie Show. Abby Normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla? On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Okay. How I miss Gene Wilder. Oh, boy, no kidding. You know, it's so good. It's there so good. are those those actors and actresses that were just golden. And, you know, and Mel Brooks, he had the gift of bringing together an ensemble. And he would use them again and again, you know, like Christopher Guest and everybody else. You know, you get this group. Woody Allen would do that. And they just, Madeline Kahn. I mean, oh, my goodness. Just yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen, I think it's time... I know normally we don't, you know, put the two very best features of the movie show in the same hour. Back to back movie Same half hour. No, no. Telephone torture and the movie show top ten. Oh. But today we're going to do that just as a crowd pleaser. That's who we are. (laughs) That is who we are. We're just that kind of show. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Telephone Torture, and we have fabulous prizes worth up to dollars. We have two tickets to the Megaplex theaters. We have two drinks for you to enjoy while you are sitting back, soaking up some great form of entertainment in the Megaplex theaters. By the way, all ten of the best picture nominees are at the theaters right now, so you can see them. Okay, the level seems just a little bit low there. Okay, normally I'm turning you down, but this time I feel I need That is a miracle. It it, it is kind of a a miracle. Talking to the hole. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have to do do the D. I'm going to have to do a Deanne on you and get you to put the microphone. I'm kind of new at this, so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. And we left off on the popcorn. We have a tub of popcorn that you will get by being caller number. Oh, three, three. Thank you. Caller number three. See, you just don't get the fine art of torture. Torture is elongating the experience. I've never noticed torture to be a good thing, though. On this show, it is. Oh, unless you're the first two callers. Well, people take pride in being losers. We got to get those t-shirts. I know we really do. You know, you're, know. you've got pull. Get on that. I ain't got no pull. Since you're semi-retired? I'm just a pawn in the game of life. Really? As Mongo would say in Blazing Saddles. All right, so let's go to the phone line. and hi, the horse that got punched. (laughs) Hi, who's this? Hello? Hello, how you doing? Oh, I'm winning at losing. You are winning at (laughs) losing. You know, that is a brilliant way of putting it because it takes a certain kind of individual it takes a gift to be a winner at losing, and you are that guy. Oh. Oh, I know. Now what's, we've embarrassed him. What's your name, sir? We've flattered him. Yeah, what is your name? This is Jerem. Jerem the Loser. Okay. 
All right. Loser, loser number one. Loser Who's number Jerem? one. Jerem the loser. <laughs> <laughs> you doing a Roy on yeah. me again? Steve growls a lot. Ever since he's seen Ted Lasso, he just growls. I don't know what the deal is. All right. Come on. Now, by the way, we need to throw Ty under the bus because he's leaving us. Believe it or not, yeah. this guy he's decided. He's the man behind the curtain. He decided that rather than stay with us here on the movie show every Friday and just bask in the glory of being part of this show, he is actually going to follow his fiancée. Wuss. To, yeah, wuss. Denver. Because she Denver. got. She, I know Denver. They have a movie show in Denver. And you can't breathe up there. It's too high. <laughs> I know. The altitude. Do you know what that altitude does to you? So anyway, you know, so. He will be missed. Ty will, will be missed. And he's, he's the guy that actually pushes the buttons and makes people winners or losers. Ooh. So, Ty, this is going to be one of your last chances. He's going to loserize. To loserize somebody. So He's this going to beck them all. This better be good. Okay. All right. Now let's go back to the phone lines. It's an all-beck loser show. Which is KSL Talk. And let's find out who our – this will be Ty's last loser Moment of silence. I know. It must be a sad, sad moment for him. All right. Hi, who's this? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't answer either after uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Okay. We're, we're hearing crickets. Oh, it's a good thing you said that and they started because I thought, I can't hear the crickets. We're off. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> help. Well, we're in the right place to help you. Okay. This will still be caller number two because we have to at least hear something. Like, oh, no. You know, the Roy can't growl or something. <laughs> so, uh, hi, who's this? You're caller number two. Oh, I'm a loserizer? You're, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're a loser-meister. What do you think? Ew. Darn it. Oh, All darn. Right. Yeah, what's your, what's your name, by the way, loser? <laughs> Barbara. Barbara the yeah. loser. No. Oh, yeah. darn it. I know, I know. Okay, this is going to be the last time the tie is going to be able to push the button on a genuine see if you'll be nice movie us. show loser. Nice, Barbara. Yeah, nice nice to Barbara. You lose. <laughs> Good day, sir. Oh, his finger was right I on I know. The Gave her a Gene Wilder. What a guy he is. He was going to beck her until I know. He was until we shamed him, you know. Okay, let's go back to the phone line. And hi, who's this? This is Bo. Bo. Bo, you are a big... <laughs> oh, wiener. Of course you are. <laughs> Bo, you have won. He's a jolly Bo. Yo, Bo, way to go. Yo, yo, Bo, the jolly Bo. Okay, you have won. Fabulous prizes. I'm going to make you jump through all the hoops. Fabulous prizes worth up to... Dollars. Dollars. Exactly. Now, that includes two drinks at the Megaplex Theater. It includes a tub of popcorn. And it includes two tickets. So what are you going to go see? Uh, I will let my wife decide on that one. That is a very wise. Jackass Forever it is. That, yeah, they're going to see Jackass Forever. Okay. Well, you have one little duty here to make all those pathetic losers out there on the movie show feel a little bit better about themselves. So what do we do? 
It is time for Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Nice. That was succinct. Way to go, Bo. Well thought out. Beautifully executed. Hmm. You know, you just don't get quality radio like this everywhere. There's a reason for that. (laughs) Our big thanks to the Megaplex Theaters for providing our fabulous prizes worth up to dollars on the movie show. The The movie show. Rule number one for surviving zombie land cardio. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, in the waning moments of the movie show, Stephen, we have yet another movie. I'm assuming this is a documentary. It Downfall, is. the uh, case against Boeing. Yeah, uh, I hope. Do we have some do we sound? Do we have some sound on that, Ty? Or is it too late? Yes, we do. Here we go. Something was putting repeated nose down pressure on the airplane. And then there was another crash. This time in Ethiopia. Two crashes of brand new airplanes within five months of each other. That doesn't happen in modern aviation. And the question was, did Boeing put an unsafe plane in the air? Remember the Boeing 737 oh, yeah, Max? Max, yeah. Well, that first accident, they're like, oh, oh, here's the sad part. When you get into the humanity of this, this woman whose husband was the pilot in that first plane, and he was a decorated pilot. I mean, he was well-regarded, but it was since it was in the Far East, you know, maybe he wasn't smart enough or didn't have the training. Oh, gee, yeah. And so it became pilot error until it happened again. The thing is, they kind of knew. They, they put this little device on there that if the plane, it, if it thought it was, you know, rising too quickly, it would nose down. But these were just kept saying, yeah, no, you're... You know, you're going the wrong way. You need to go down. And it would drive them right into the ground. And the thing was that the pilots weren't even told that the device was on the doggone plane. Oh. And, oh, my gosh, I watched this. And a couple of people had told me, said, have you seen this downfall thing? And I'm like, no. But, oh, I started watching it and realizing that they knew that there was a problem on the plane. And then they finally said the second group that the plane crashed, it turned out that they turned, tried to turn it off. Yeah. They were told, okay, this is what you do. If it malfunctions, just turn it off. And it wouldn't go off. Hmm. So anyway, Boeing, a, a company that has been revered for decades for their incredible... Worldwide. Yeah. I mean, I they're, mean that, that they're is the, the standard gold there. standard. Exactly. exactly. And then they merged with another aerospace company, and I won't mention who it is, but it kind of became more of a money thing instead of a pride in quality of the, of the aircraft. And it's a really eye-opening um, documentary. It is on Netflix, and it's called uh, "Downfall of the um, the Case Against Boeing." And it's it is absolutely riveting. Kind of made me nervous yeah. getting on an airplane. I thought, but they have since fixed it. It was a software issue, and, right? And you, know, and you know, and the thing that we all have to remember too is, I mean, and things like this are unpardonable. Yeah. You know, so. But, man, the track record of safety in the air is, is truly remarkable. Yeah, but you this know, is a brand-new plane, and it had an issue, and they just... Well, and remember, you know, we've seen that. I remember when the 727 came out, you know, that there were some issues. But they were, you know, just, you know, 
I hate to say honest mistakes, but, you know, just some things that needed to be dealt with and, and redesigned. And, you know, that was back, uh, you know, in the 1960s. One crashed in Salt Lake City, I remember. And oh, at, at the airport. Yeah. 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 So Bill Marcroft covered that yeah. for Channel 2. I remember yeah. the, vi- the footage, exactly. black and white. So, anyway. All yeah, right. it's a tough it's a tough film, but, boy, you know, again, just learn about, uh, it just kind of fascinates me that something like that could have happened. Yeah. We are rapidly getting to the end of the program. Did Michelle just yawn? She did. Okay. She's like, thank goodness this is about over. (laughs) Just so much excitement. I couldn't contain it. It is so much excitement. That does it. For the movie show today, thanks for being part of the program. And tonight, when you go home, please make sure that you hug the people you love. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.